This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Happy Election Day to all of those listening in New South Wales. In this episode, we'll talk about that a little bit. We've also got bank collapses, Claire, and a couple of questionable interviews. And in recommends, uh, a bit of a music focus this week and also series four of one of our very favourite TV shows, It's About to Land. A TV show we agree on. Who would have thunk it? (laughs) There you go. What a week. Let's do it. Most click link out of the Squeeze Today email this week was a cake fail, Claire. Love a cake fail. I'm all about a cake fail. <laughs> it was supposed to be bluey, but it was bluey a bit dreary perhaps. Yeah, a bit mashed kind of. <laughs> it's really a good description. And look, I applaud anyone who tries to decorate a cake. I'm pretty simple baker, but I'm not a decorator. And I think another thing we can agree on, Kate, neither of us has much patience I for know. that. Sorry to my daughters. They're not going to get a whole <laughs> lot of baked goods from me or decorated baked goods from me. I guess the thing about this story, Claire, was that um, there was a lot of love for this person who had a go. Typically people get criticism for mm. not doing things well. And particularly oh, we yeah. put this out on social media and a lot of comments saying, good on you for having it. Yeah, having hats a off for that, for yeah. sure. The other thing people got around this week was Gwyneth Paltrow's court case, Claire. I completely missed this one. You filled me in yesterday. Yep. For the benefit of others who may have missed it as well, give us the quick news. So she's being sued for $300,000 by a retired optometrist named Terry Sanderson. He's 76 years old. Uh, It's in relation to a collision that the pair had on the beginner slope uh, of a Utah ski resort. That was back in 2016. And he says that he's got lasting injuries that includes brain damage. Paltrow is countersuing him for $1. She says that the clash was Sanderson's fault. Uh, Probably that was the main stuff, but really there was a lot of focus on what she wore Why? on day one of the court Why case. Why was that a big deal? Because she's a fashionista, influencer. Oh, and, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what did she wear? She wore a beautiful <laughs> cream cashmere roll neck jumper. Okay. She had some really kick-ass glasses on as well and I quite enjoyed the commentary saying never more did someone look like they're being sued for a ski slope collision. Yeah, it really, mm. really uh, fits fits, <laughs> fits the news story, I Indeed. guess. Um, wasn't the biggest story of the week, Claire. The biggest <laughs> story of the week, as of Thursday afternoon when we get the first version of that graph through from Stream, yep. that um, news intelligence platform that scans the news, looks at what has been the most covered, was actually the Credit Suisse sale to UBS. We never now know that The Voice has surpassed this as the biggest story, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But first, let's give the Credit Suisse sale its moment. It deserves it. <laughs> We're all about fairness here, yeah. so it was a big one this week. Uh, very much talked about between Friday and Monday morning when that sale was confirmed. Um, if you've opened any of the business pages on any of the newspapers, you would have seen that at the start of the week. Uh, essentially what it's about is that Credit Suisse is a big bank in Switzerland. Uh, its tentacles, though, spread globally. So it was seen as an important 
financial institution to shore up. Mm. The Swiss government facilitated that sale to UBS. UBS is the country's biggest bank and also globally very important. Uh, Credit Suisse has had a lot of long-term problems and that crisis of confidence that's really rocked the United States has rocked that bank. So that's where it ended. And as we said last week, there's a lot to unpack when it comes to this banking crisis. We're not going to do it right now. What it does for me, Claire, though, Mm. is means I can't ignore understanding all this banking jargon any longer. I need to know what bonds are. I need to do to know what long-term, short-term yields are, vesting periods, central yep. banks, because all of that is something that is going to be talked about a lot. That brings us to an apology yes. to kick off the podcast, Claire. We said we'd be doing a shortcut on the Silicon Valley bank collapse this week yep. and that whole banking saga. We didn't do that. We did the New South Wales election. Yep, we did the New South Wales election. I reckon we'll double back on the banking we will. stuff. We absolutely will. We, we can't ignore it. It's still current and it's going to be longer term, mm. it seems. So we'll get into that. New South Wales election, though, we did our shortcut on that this week. Kind of snuck up on us, I reckon. A little Even bit. Even though we're yeah. quite politically engaged, it did seem to just come around the corner rather quickly. Uh, as you said, New South Wales votes today. It could be a long night. could be a long night. Some saying it's going to be close. Some saying it's going to be easy Labor victory. Not many saying it's going to be an easy coalition victory. Good luck getting across that on Sunday for Monday's Squiz Today. Thank you very much. Claire, there were a couple of interviews that took place here in Australia this week that got us frantically texting each other asking, (laughs) why? Why did they do it? They both relate to big global news stories. So in this segment today, we'll go through the local context and the global one. The first was on Monday night, 7.30 report with Sarah Ferguson. That's appointment viewing for you and I. Yep. The Russian ambassador, Dr. Aleski Pavlovsky, was interviewed on 7.30. Here's a clip from the first part of that interview. Ambassador, you're here in Australia enjoying the benefits of a free and open society. How do you live with yourself representing the repressive, dictatorial Putin regime? (laughs) So that's how it started. And it got worse from there. Did get worse from there. Uh, What he did, the ambassador, was essentially go on to defend Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It's very hard to defend, but he did it in a way you would expect Russia's Mm. uh, official here in Australia to do. Uh, He said also that the United Nations isn't a credible outfit. Um, That's certainly a version of their truth in this whole story. He accused Sarah Ferguson of promoting Western propaganda. It was really quite something. It was quite something. It's well worth a watch. It's a recommendation from us this week. She doesn't hold back. No. Claire, you and I used to work in politics. The big question, as I said, is why did he agree to do the interview? And, Kate, you and I, when we talk about these things, it's not so much about the actual content of the story. It is yeah. the why Why did they do that or yeah. why did they do it that way, uh, really the ins and outs of how you get about communicating a message. And, look, what opportunities also to take to the media and try and promote and what sort of request to reject is a big part of that conversation. Mm. Uh, It sounds like 7.30 had a long-standing request in to speak to the ambassador. And just a bit of an interesting side note on that, uh, it was recorded before the arrest warrant was issued for President Vladimir Putin by that International Criminal Court. Yeah, that warrant was issued on the 17th of March. So So last Friday. So last Friday, yeah. So the suggestion is the ambassador decided to do the interview before he had to answer specific questions Mm. about that arrest warrant. He had to answer questions, though, 
of course, about all the speculation mm, of war tough. crimes by Russia. Um, it's really, really worth a look. We'll put a link to that interview in your episode notes. As promised, the global context on this one this week was that the Chinese President Xi Jinping visited Russia, met with Putin. Yeah, and there was a lot of talk too about whether China uh, was going to make any progress on putting its hand up, brokering peace uh, in talks with Russia. So not much came of that. But mm. a side note on that too, Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky and Xi uh, were said to be set to have a telephone call, but nothing has been confirmed on that. Yeah, I was interested to read that. I didn't know that he was sort of open to conversations with Zelensky, but there you go. He won't, Zelensky won't talk to Putin, but of course interested in these peace talks and it seems that China is the only one cutting through with Russia. There you go. That's that one. The second one is TikTok again. We did talk about this last mm. week. The local CEO of TikTok, Lee Hunter, he went on the project this week to defend the social media platform. The, the fact sorry, of the sorry, matter ByteDance, is... Sorry, ByteDance, the company that owns TikTok, is not a Chinese company. Is that what no, you're ByteDance is ByteDance has its origins in China, but it's very much a global company. No, no, yeah, lots of companies. Are, Apple is a global company, but it's still an American company. Is ByteDance a Chinese company or not? ByteDance has its origins in China. But I think what does we're really it, getting at is... Is it still registered in China? So as you can see from that, Waleed Ali, the host of the project, mm. didn't hold back. Again, Claire, we were sort of wondering whether he should have done it. <laughs> so working for a company that's experiencing significant reputational issues is really tricky. Mm. It's not much of a fun time, particularly for those people in media relations who are making these sort of big decisions about whether to put your boss on TV to talk about it. Side note. Claire actually used to do that I job. I used to do that <laughs> yeah. job. It's, it's, um, it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. But <laughs> it's also quite high risk. It can be a bit fraught at times. If your lines don't land, it can actually take you backwards. It's very hard to actually do such a great interview that everyone walks away thinking, wow. Amazing. That guy from TikTok has really got it yeah. going on. It's, yeah. a, it's really difficult. Um, the sticking point in this interview was a really basic one. It's whether the company is Chinese owned and whether it's required to hand over data to the Chinese government if they ask. Yeah, of course. The global context to this one is that the global CEO of TikTok has just been before a US congressional committee. As I said, we spoke about this at length in last week's episode. You missed it. Have a listen. A couple of things from me that we didn't talk about last week, Claire. Yep. Firstly, a bit around about how Meta, so yeah. Facebook's parent company, has a big interest in TikTok being banned yeah. and how they're going about pushing that narrative. So look out for that as you go about your news consumption. So TikTok's getting the questions now that Facebook got four years ago. Absolutely. So it's kind of a bit of, you it's know. Swings and roundabouts. It all comes around. Yep. Exactly. Secondly, the irony is that a lot of the news outlets reporting on this are also producing content for TikTok <laughs> to explain it. And then there's the politics. Politicians yeah. who have oversight of these big decisions who are enjoying getting their message out on TikTok to a wider audience. So, yeah, everyone's got a bit of an interest in it. They sure do. I think um, we've done a, our dash on TikTok for the time being, but um, plenty to unpack there. Sure is. Coming up this week, first and foremost, the New South Wales election. We've done that. Yep. Talked about that. Next, succession. So I'm not the only one sweating on succession. I think coming back for season four, I am beside myself with it. It's about as excited <laughs> as I get about anything. She really so, is. You should see yeah, her. Yeah. She's literally twitching. I can't wait. So, of course, this is about the dysfunctional Roy family, yeah. uh, their internal battle really for control of their very vast media company. Uh, the producers say that there's a jaw-dropping finale 
can't wait for it except that it means that it's over. It's on binge for anyone who isn't a fan of Succession and has mm. no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. This is a big show. People have been waiting for it. Is it one of those ones that drops weekly or are we getting I it all at once? I think it's going to be. One of those ones that yeah. drops weekly. Okay. Um, interestingly, ironically maybe, maybe irony is the theme of this podcast. Coincidentally. Is, coincidentally. It lands the same week that Rupert Murdoch, whose family Succession is in no way based on Claire. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Note the sarcasm. <laughs> Announced his engagement. Yeah, he's 92 years old. He's engaged to Anne Leslie Smith. Uh, she's talked about her life as a story of rags to riches to redemption. Um, she's a former police chaplain. Uh, apparently she and Murdoch have faith in common. Uh, I enjoyed this quote from Murdoch. He said, I dreaded falling in love, but I knew this would be my last it better be. Well, he's 92, Claire. Mm. She's 66. So, you know, might not be her last marriage. Look, but There's hope for all of us. There's hope for all of us. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> um, as for other stuff coming up, Parliament is sitting again this week, Federal Parliament. It's all about the voice. And, and, you know, of course, we haven't talked about this yet, but this is the big story of the week. Yeah. So this week, the mechanism bill got the tick. Uh, that sets the rules for any referendum. But of course, it's particularly about this upcoming one. Uh, on Thursday, we saw Prime Minister Albanese and the working group advising the government on the wording release exactly what that question is and what the constitutional amendment will be. Uh, I'm just repeating that because that wording now goes to a committee. They will look at that this week. Uh, the legislation will then be introduced by the end of the week. Yeah, so next week will still be dominated on this question of yeah. the voice. Um, they have to get cracking on that if mm. they want an October vote, which is what they're sort of speculating yeah. may be the case because there's a timeline that then sets out how a referendum rolls out. Other stuff in Parliament won't just be the voice. The safeguard mechanism. It's about emissions. Another mechanism, so it is confusing, but <laughs> yeah, this time it's true. about emissions. That's true. Lots of mechanical things going on. Uh, this really is underpinning Labor's plan to cut emissions. Of course, when it was elected, it had more ambitious climate emissions reductions targets. So uh, sounds all very fancy, but this legislation is about creating a scheme uh, that would allow the country's 215 biggest polluters to generate and also sell their carbon offsets uh, if they beat their mandated emissions reduction target. The Greens have a lot of questions about this, so yep. expect a bit of talk about the Greens and the government going head to head on it. They're not comfortable, the Greens, with making the lives of our big carbon emitters any easier. Politics, Claire, is the art of the possible. We'll see what compromises will be made in the spirit of bringing emissions down. It sounds like Christmas, doesn't it? Yeah, we will see. It's going to be a big one. Kate, we've kind of done your recommendations, I reckon. I know. We kind of blew it on my recommendations <laughs> this week. My recommendations are those two interviews, yeah. that 7.30 report one with Sarah Ferguson and the Russian ambassador, uh, and also check out that TikTok interview with Waleed Ali on yeah. the project. Um, I do have a reading one, though. Yeah, so hit us up with that. Ed Sheeran has done a big interview with Rolling Stone. It's really in-depth. I mean, is that just way too much of a cliche. It is very in-depth. <laughs> it's a long read. It's a long read. Yeah. Sit back with a cup of coffee today, yeah. have a read of it. Um, the interesting thing for me about it was his perception of himself. Mm. It wasn't my perception of him, Rarely is, though. What yeah. you think of yourself is rarely what people think of, of you around That's you. so wise. I know. Yeah. It's true. Um, he talks about being a dad. He talks about how much music he has just waiting to be released, Claire. So much music. And the way his brain works, it sounds like it's a lot like 
Taylor Swift. They just are constantly clocking new songs, new harmonies, new words, new All everything. The time. Just incredible. He talks a lot about Taylor Swift in the article. Yeah. You're a Swifty fan. Um, and on that, his next album called Subtract is out on the 5th of May and that's in collaboration with Aaron Desner who helped write Taylor Swift's last two albums. Oh, yeah. So there could be some similarities there. I'm up for that. A docuseries on his life also drops on the 3rd oh, of May. Man. He's so busy. There's lots of Ed Sheeran to look lots out for. Lots of Ed Sheeran going on. Mm. And, of course, we just had that series of concerts he did here where he filled these massive, massive stadiums. So we've had a real fix of Ed Sheeran of late. We have. Not um, enough, though. Not, no. It be enough. No. Speaking of music, Daisy Jones and the Six, it's a prime show. Uh, we've recommended that in the past. I'm slowly getting through it. It's very enjoyable. It's not the best thing I've ever seen, but it's not by any stretch the worst. I'm quite enjoying it. It's, it's good. I've been trying to work out all week whether you're actually recommending it or... Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. Okay. You just don't need the best thing every single no, day no, of every single don't. week. It's, yeah. it's just quite good. It's fine. Yeah. Um, what is a knockout though is the soundtrack. Um, of course, Daisy Jones and the Six are of fictional rock group. Um, it's loosely inspired by Fleetwood Mac and their breakup and all the turmoil around them. Uh, so there's a fictional record. It's called Aurora. Um, it's become a reality and it's the first fictional band to hit number one on iTunes. So it's the music from the show that yeah. the band performs in the show. Exactly. Got it. And everyone's raving about the music. Everyone's raving about it. Got it. I put it on very briefly. It's really good background. I reckon it'll appeal to a lot of people. Um, something to cook. Yeah, so our teammate Lara has an Italian dessert suggestion. Uh, I'm going to give it a go this weekend. It's basically a jam tart. Uh, I have real flashbacks to my mum making jam tarts out of leftover mm. pastry. So feeling maybe a bit nostalgic about that and definitely diving in. Put the kettle on Claire and I'll be over. Yeah, I'll give you a shout. Squiz Press, we don't have anything particularly current. The Not Squiz really? Press this week, Claire. So instead, I am asking you <laughs> yes. to please tell Squizzers where yes. else they can find the voice of Claire Kimball throughout the week. <laughs> you have a few radio slots that we to, never talk yeah. about. No, we don't. I do two radio spots, one on ABC uh, Melbourne with Sammy J. He's the most delightful fellow. You love him. I really do. <laughs> I really do. He's a complete political nerd and mm. he really knows his stuff. Um, he's, of course, a terrific comedian, but he really knows his politics. So I quite enjoy chatting with him about that. Um, that's at um, a bit before 8 o'clock on a okay. Monday morning. Yep. Uh, and a bit later on Monday morning, I talked to Lish Fayer on ABC Canberra. Um, again, she is delightful. Mm. She's very knowledgeable. Um, we have a really great chat about what's coming up in the week as well. So there you go. Yeah. Really so enjoy it. is not the only place you can find Claire Kimball. There you go. <laughs> Who knew? So that's in Melbourne and Canberra, but of course you can listen to the radio anywhere these days. It's I'm just open to other spots if people... I love oh, chatting okay. about the news. Oh, okay. So. There you go. Yeah. Putting it out there. Any producers listening, yeah. hit us up. Claire us, Kimball on your radio. Chat. Yeah, happy to. <laughs> that's all from us this week. We'll be back next week. Have a good one. Until then. 